Hello podcast listeners and welcome to the 15th of September 2022 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Is it hot enough out there for you yet? Records have shown it's the hottest September so far and I know I'm feeling it. Hong Kongers are good at keeping a cool head however and our student storytellers are no exception. We have such an inspiring bunch of creative and proactive kids in this city. Today, there are three stories from our Student Story Slam 2022, which had the theme Silver Linings. We loved all the entries and were really pleased to be able to give students a chance to shine. The first story is one of Transformation by Nathan, followed by Ariane with a tail with a tail in it. Yes, that is a spelling joke. And finally, an accounting of events from Christy. Before we get to today's stories, we are blowing a thankful kiss to our loyal Hong Kong audience. Let's face it, it's just too warm for hugging. We do love you, Hong Kong, and we are listening. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well, especially to those listening in Boardman, Oregon in the USA, Montreal in Canada, and Accra in Ghana. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our storytellers are busy rehearsing for our next show. On the 28th of September, we're teaming up with the lovely folks at The Aftermath, champions of many a Hong Kong story, for an intimate evening of true stories about all those times we've, well, messed up a little. Come hear stories of slips, falls, wrong numbers, and miscommunication. Tickets are available through Eventbrite. Details are on the website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong stories, it's better than drama, it's better than comedy, it's real life. Now our stories from the Student Story Slam 2022. The first story is from our second place winner. Here is Nathan. When I was born, my father left his job to take care of me and the whole family day and night. However, there was one thing, and that I always thought that my father wasn't the kind and loving father that I had expected. You see, even though my father sometimes played with me when I was little, I never really felt close with him. I often thought he was somewhat cold. He seldom chatted with anyone, not even me and my mom. And I often thought he was too strict and he had an irritable personality. I often felt annoyed when he told me to erase a word and write it again because it didn't look that good. And another time, he was furious just because my primary three class teacher scolded someone else too loudly that I was too scared and cried. But then things changed around five years ago. And this was a serious incident that transformed my perspective of him. So it was the day after my ninth birthday nearing the end of the summer vacation. And that morning, my dad, the stubborn father he is, insisted on chopping down some branches of an overgrown tree beside our village house, even though my mom already suggested getting professionals to do it. And she was out for work as usual, so I was left at home to open my new birthday present, a Lego car building set. Could you imagine how excited I was? My brain toggled full concentration mode, and I was so engaged working on it that I didn't even notice anyone shouting near my house. A while later, I heard a knock-knock on the door, and I thought my father was coming back. But when I opened the door, all I saw was my neighbor, 
and her face was strangely quite tense. And anyone guess what she told me? What she told me was that my father fell from the ladder beside the anti-climbing spikes with one of them piercing through his left leg. And he was sent to the hospital before I knew it. Uh Uh-oh. When I heard that, I literally panicked and I couldn't react. And my heart was like dropping into a bottomless well. And that certainly was a crushing blow to my nine-year-old self. My dad stayed in the hospital for nine whole days. And during that time, my home was really different and it was devastatingly empty. My mom was exhausted, traveling between work, home, and hospital, taking care of me and my, uh, and, yeah, me and my dad. And she was so stressed and worried that she couldn't even sleep without taking pills. And even my grandma had to come take care of me. But fortunately, my dad recovered in the end, and he's doing fine now. And in fact, this experience really had a silver lining, because my family miraculously became closer together. My dad himself changed a lot too. Not only is he more open-minded, but he's also a bit friendlier and more easygoing. And he sometimes chats with us a lot more, and he makes jokes that sometimes make my mom and I laugh a lot. And he's no longer that mad when things don't go his way. Most importantly, though, I think that this incident gave me the chance to reflect on myself. I realized how important my dad is to my family. You know, he has been driving me to school almost every day. He has been helping me with my homework. He has been cooking delicious meals for us. He has been repairing almost anything broken in the house. And he even sacrifices time to do the housework for us. So all of his blood, sweat, and tears of looking after the family, isn't all of that out of his kind and caring heart? Sure, he might be introverted, and he might not like to talk too much about his feelings, but he wouldn't even care about my handwriting or me crying if he didn't love me. Dad once told me that he held on for his dear life while waiting for the ambulance because he still wanted to see me graduate from university. Suddenly, I felt really remorseful. Why did I really acknowledge my dad's kindness? Why did I take my family members for granted? And why didn't I cherish the time with them? This is why, ladies and gentlemen, that although my dad's accidents might seem detrimental in the short term, I believe that this is a blessing in disguise, because it gave a new meaning to my whole family. And most importantly, it transformed us for the better. Today, I'm really fortunate to have my dad be as one of the guests. So I only have one thing to say, even though you might not know much English, and that is thank you. Our impressions of people change as we do, and we're glad that Nathan was able to see his dad in a new light. This is one of the defining features of our kids in this city. They adapt and change in a way their elders can't always keep up with. They're also quite resourceful, as you hear in this next story. Here is Ariane. Well, 
waiting for the elevator in my tennis gear, scrolling through my Instagram feed. That evening was like every other ordinary evening. I looked ahead to board the elevator, but I could not believe my eyes. A fluffy white Maltese dog rushed out of the elevator doors without a collar and without an owner. Through the chasm of our door, it rushed into our apartment and pranced about in our living room. My sister, who had been wanting a dog since the day she could talk, was exhilarated at the sight of her new furry friend. My mom, let's just say that she was surprised. At that time, I realized that I have been leaving my tennis coach for 20 minutes, so I went hurriedly down to my lesson. After the lesson, my curiosity piqued by the unusual incident. I returned home, only to find the furry dog gone, and hear my sister sobbing, face buried in the pillows. My mom then told me that my sister had been taking care of the Maltese. Before we found out that the dog had just been our downstairs neighbor's dog, who traveled from the 23rd floor to the 24th floor in the elevator by himself. So, after that, my mom realized how important of a role a dog plays in my sister's life because the two mere hours spent with a stranger's dog had made her made my sister feel so jubilant. After a month, our family decided to adopt a Lodi, a Bichon Frise from a breeder we knew in Korea. Although before adopting a Lodi, we knew. Of the strenuous process of importing a dog from Korea to Hong Kong, we were ready to adopt her. And for all of the period of waiting her for a year and a half to get the quarantine spots in the quarantine facility in Hong Kong, that was worth it. And before adopting Elodie, I didn't even heed attention to any of the issues of dog poisoning in Hong Kong. I saw an Instagram story on my feed of, of, of a post saying to beware of intentional dog poisoning in Repulse Bay and Sai Kung, and I brushed it off, not heeding any attention towards it. Little did I know that that story would spark a feeling in me like no other. One day, when I was walking around in the Deep Water Bay Promenade Trail, I noticed a man walking in lax steps with a big bag slung across his shoulder. He was walking, and he suddenly crouched down onto the corner of the trail, and he looked side to side. I found myself maintaining a distance from him, watching his every single move. And then he poured what seemed like dog food pellets onto the ground. My nerves in my hand made me take a picture of the dog food pellets that he put on the ground. And I returned home. On my way home, my feet carried me away with the urge that I had to figure out what those mysterious pellets were as soon as possible. I saw my own dog. I saw a Lodi eating them, and my heart stopped. When I got home, I immediately opened my, up my laptop and began searching furiously. For dog poisoning, food pellets in Hong Kong, and I found an organization devoted to preventing dog food poisoning. And I messaged them on Instagram. I also sent them a photo of the mysterious pellets that I saw in Deepwater Bay. 
My fingers lingered around after I sent that message, deciding whether I should delete it or not. And after periods of stalling and sulking, I decided not to press that delete button. After a week, the organization got back to me. And guess what they, guess what they said? They said it was normal cat food. <laughs> But the funny thing is, I didn't even feel flustered at my false accusation. Instead, I was so shocked at what a dog lover I became. I mistaked a cat lover into a serial dog murderer. But apart from that, I got to know myself more and realize my one-way passion towards the things and the issues that I believe in standing for. Without the white Maltese that stumbled into our family like a miracle, I wouldn't have been able to meet Elodi, a presence in my life that is now so closely intertwined with my identity. Every time I flash back to the moment I was in Deepwater Bay looking at the suspicious man pouring the cat food on the ground, I feel adrenaline rushing up my veins. But instead of feeling a hint of embarrassment, I still feel a sense of strange pride. And our family will believe that Elodie will come into our lives someday, just like that white Maltese dog stumbled, into our, into, stumbled from the elevator doors on one ordinary evening. Thank you. Adapting to a new family member isn't always easy, but Ariane and her family took it into stride. When she was faced with a potential danger, she took the initiative to keep her family members safe. Our final story from the 2022 Student Story Slam is Christy with a letter to her diary. Dearest diary, silver linings, a pandemic, we didn't know what to do. Doubts and fears circulating the city. What do I do? What is this? How does the coronavirus affect me, my friends, and my family? The streets grew eerily quiet. As the situation grew worse, traveling and dining at restaurants became restricted by the Hong Kong government, heavily affecting companies' income and the already vulnerable financial market of Hong Kong. But that wasn't the worst bit. To us school children, When the Education Bureau had first announced that I were to transition to online learning, it was quite a shock. Never had I done this before, nor did I think it possible. Yet, so it was. Teachers fading to share screen, wasting an entire lesson upon the bugging technical issues of Zoom and Google Meet. Students disconnecting during the lesson due to sluggish network issues at home. Well, seems like hell to me, now I recall it, doesn't it? But again, surprisingly, It wasn't. Yes, I agreed that transitioning was difficult, frustrating at times, and definitely unsmooth. But there are things that I'm sincerely grateful for, and that, I believe, is called a silver lining. I might as well call it a confession, but when I was in fourth grade, with soaring high ambitions and this rather unhealthy obsession with flawless grades and heaps of extracurriculars, I was pressuring myself badly and wearing myself out, I'd started to develop anxiety disorders, which came with irritating symptoms nobody wished for. Going online had tamed the vigorous academic syllabus of my prior school, and it had noticeably calmed my nerves. They were teaching less, and assessments weren't taken as often as when we were back in the classroom. In other words, 
Online learning has healed me mentally, and I can never thank it enough for this. And while all this was happening, it took a moment for me to realize that I'd started to bond part of my family. I know this sounds rather silly, but even from the young age of nine, us children think ourselves mature and independent, straining to break free from our loving parents' strong grip. Tweens, they call it. From the age of nine, I started showing signs of selfishness and rebellion. My parents and I had constant conflicts over the tiniest things, and with the time I was spending on academics and classes, it never really helped. Essentially, going online meant that I'd be staying at home, like it or not. Classes were shortened, which, put it differently, meant that time spent with family lengthened. To be honest, I wasn't that fond of it in the beginning, but fate brings us together, doesn't it? We grew closer, and I started opening up. Mind you, gradually, and guess what? It wasn't that bad. They cared for me, this close, intimate relationship. Oh, diary, I could go on for such a long time. Yes, I agree that COVID has brought us plenty of troubles, but there are uncountable things I'm grateful for too. Don't even mention how terrifying my computer skills were before all this. But as much as I dislike it, the time's running short. I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Love, Christy. Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.